What is going on? And welcome back to another episode of Creative Digest, where we sit down and we talk with other creators and creatives and we talk about their processes and their experiences. Today, I'm joined by a good friend, a, uh, a an old friend, if you will, uh, Sam Sam Smith. What's going on, bro? How are you doing? And and I feel like I have to preface it's not like the Sam Smith, you know, like I I could I couldn't pull the the artist Sam Smith. Um, as in, uh, what's a, what does he sing? What are some of those? What are some of those songs? The singer Sam Smith. You know who I'm talking about. Oh man, I think he did a Bond song. A Bond song? What? Yeah, I think I think he did. I think he did Spectre or something. Oh, he did. He did. He did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bond, yeah. as in James Bond, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, Not yeah, the gold Sam- Bond advertisement. Ah, the yes, yes. Um, Sam here. He is a. Uh, he's an author. Um, you know, screenwrite and uh, as well as an aspiring filmmaker. Um, and I just wanted to have him on the show. Wanted to sit down because uh, I, we, me and him, every time we sit down and talk, it's just hours of uh, good conversation um, that deserves to be recorded. Um, and so Sam, tell me, how do you, how do you kind of get your start? And, you know, this is the question I ask everyone, how do you get your start? You know, what inspired you to be uh, an author, writer, um, and, you know, just kind of get into that creative field? Okay. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I think it, it started, I was real young and, um, I would read a lot of books when I was younger, read a lot of Tolkien, a lot of Lewis, a lot of Shakespeare, um, just a lot of different writers like that and, uh, kind of accumulated that uh, love and desire for literature. And, um, I was like, you know, I, I really enjoy this. I'm going to start writing myself. So I was always that kid that would take the back of a menu at Frisch's big boy or something like that. And I would draw these stories and these characters and come up with these, um, intricate plots for, you know, my seven-year-old mind and um, I would show it to my family. And uh, whenever my cousins would come over, we would put on these plays and these shows. Um, so I, I kind of developed that real, real young. But I think the first moment that I knew, like, okay, um, I, I feel like I could do something with this creativity was, I want to say fifth grade. Um, we were writing poetry for one of our teachers and I wrote a poem and I remember her reading it in front of the entire class. And I kid you not, she started crying and I knew I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can, you know, do something with this writing thing. And, you know, it was something I enjoyed. So that always helps. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And is it, it well, I'm sorry. I just kind of like cut you off. No, 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 you're good. Uh, yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, and, and I, I always loved the idea of, uh, novelism and, and, and whatnot. Um, but obviously, you know, the mode in which I create is kind of that photography videography world. Um, well, how would you say, like, have you, I I know we've like mentioned it briefly, but I don't, you know, how, I don't know how much screenwriting you have done, but can you kind of, uh, break down that difference between, um, novelistic and kind of that like screenwriting like what do you think some of like the challenges you face are um between you know basically writing a movie and you know writing a novel 
Um, I, I think that's a really good question. Um, and I may get a lot of flack for this, but just let me explain. Okay. I think it's easier to write a movie than to write a novel. Okay. Because a movie, although it relies on writing, it also relies on a visual storytelling aspect. Specifically with writing a novel, you don't have the luxury of displaying your images. You have to use language. You have to use articulation to describe the setting around you. For example, Ashton, in your room right now, because I happen to be seeing you for, you know, obviously the listeners don't see you, but there is a gray couch in your room, a light gray couch, and you happen to be sitting in front of it. Okay. So that's a very simple explanation. The video shows that very perfectly. Yeah. But for me to describe that to the audience, for them to grasp the same image that I'm seeing right now is very, very difficult. So I think um, that's the difficulty between writing a novel and writing a movie. But the thing for a movie is that you have to be able to translate what you wrote into a visual medium. Yeah. which in itself presents its own challenges. But I mean, me being a creative person and you being a creative person as well, those challenges um, are what makes it so fun. <laughs> so um, uh, that that's just, at least for me, um, no. I, I would say it, it, it th- there's pros and cons to both. There's, there's hard and easy for both. But for me personally, I would say it's a little easier with the visual storytelling aspect uh, than to, you know, describe it with simply words. Yeah, no. And I, 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 I like your approach. Um, obviously, I don't know quite literally anything about um, what, you know, a, a novelistic writing. Um, and so I, I, I've only done screenwriting. Um, you know, I have found the challenges, but it's one of those things that just kind of gets easier over time especially as a filmmaker, when you know, you know what that final image is. And honestly, I mean, I, I, but I feel like that translates even into uh, your field as well, though. You kind of need to know what your output is or what, you know, what you, you hope to accomplish with your, you know, your book or whatever you're writing, you know, knowing your end kind of helps you navigate how to get there um, and painting a picture. I think really the entire, you know, the similarity between the two uh, one telling a story, obviously. uh, But second is painting a picture. I think that's something that um, we're doing. Obviously we're, you know, we put it on paper. You do have to describe your scene, but obviously again, it's kind of loose. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, we're, you know, painting a guide or you're putting a guide together for painting a picture. And and that's uh, where I find some of those similarities. What's that? Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I I think with um writing a novel for me, like like you said, it's very it's very similar because you have that end goal in mind. Um, I I've heard this many many times, um, especially in my creative writing classes. Uh, most authors tend to write from the end of the book to the beginning of the book. I understand this as, as a writer. I think it's a little more complicated than that. I think it's more like I have the big plot points that I want to 
um, get to. Yeah. And I have themes that I want to articulate. And then the story is kind of wrapped around that. Or yeah, you just fill in it the could space. be anything. Right. It, it, it could be anything from I have a character. Uh, like, like I have a running joke with a friend of mine who is also a writer. I have this character named Mr. E. And I have developed him for the past five years. I have no idea which book I want to put him in. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just kind of the idea that, uh, and I'm sure it's the same with you. You have these ideas kind of floating around in space and it's kind of harnessing those ideas and putting them into the right narrative beats and um, uh, using them for their best potential. And, and that's the thing with a writer, with a, with a producer, um, with an artist is that if you're a perfectionist, you'll sometimes you won't take those risks. Um, so I, I think you got to be willing to take those risks, but um, I, I don't want to get too much off track. <laughs> no, I like uh, where you're going. That's, that's, it's good. It's good. Um, going back to what, to what you said before though. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's very important to have an end goal in mind. I think um, I, I was, thinking about this the other day the thing with movies because i love movies i love books um i think my advice to anyone that wants to get into creativity at all if you want to write books read books if you want to make movies watch movies and for me personally if it's a bad book or a bad movie even better and i know that sounds bad but when i watch a bad movie I sit there and think, okay, how could I write this to better. be better? Mm-hmm. How do I not and do I that? Right. How do I not fall into the pit pitfalls and the cliches of this and that? Um, so that that's just kind of how I look at things. Um, you know, very glass half full, like, okay, eat the chicken, throw away the bone. What can we take from this? What can we throw away? Kind of yep. thing. Yeah. No, I like that. And uh, I mean, that, that, that's a great that's a great point and um, kind of tackling two birds with one stone in the statement. Like, so, you know, knowing like you said, you kind of know your beats, you know, when you're going into writing a story and all this kind of stuff um, in screenwriting, there's actually something called and I don't remember the person who created it. Um, I, there's smarter people than me, um, but it's called the beat sheet. Um, and it's like mandatory for any screenwriting. And you literally have to like have a piece of paper that has beat one beat two beat three um, i heard about that yeah 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 yeah. and uh and you you're just like basically you're like not allowed to write a script unless you have a fle- uh, fleshed out uh beat sheet um because then when you sit down to write uh you know because obviously i'm sure you've heard it you know act one is the easiest act two is always the easiest or act three but then act two is always the hardest um because you're always like oh i know how to start and i know how to end but i don't really know how to get from point a to point b and so it's like you sit down you write down, you know, your 10 major points in your 15 minute film. Um, and that is point A to point B. And then from there, you figure out how to get from C to D, D to, you know, D to F and so on and so forth. Um, and so, yeah, that was that that was that stone that were that was that bird. Because um, <laughs> Right. But then going off of, um, yeah, you kind of just take examples of good films, bad films. Um, I, I mean, I can go all the way back to, you know, y- a young, young age. Um, and I remember like watching movies and people would be like, you are the worst person to watch movies with. 
because I just sit there the entire time and I'm like, oh, that was a cool shot. Or I really love this. Or, you know, I tried and like basically put into practice what I try to learn. You know, like if I just figured out what a dolly zoom was, um, then I'm a lot more attentive to that in film. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's that technique actually played out. Um, and then also, you know, it's like, ooh, like I see where they tried to do a tracking shot here, but it really fell short in these moments. Um, and so it's like, oh, OK, I, I know how that fell short because maybe they got a little too close or, um, you know, they they let them get out of center or whatever, whatever, whatever. Hold on. OK, good. I thought, yeah, my mic. Wait, my mic. Oh, whew. I accidentally unplugged my mic for a second. <laughs> uh, I thought it disconnected, but it didn't. Um, but yeah, so basically like finding these people's techniques, good and bad. Um, and like you said, I like, I love, I love what you said, eating the chicken, throwing the bone away, uh, you know, taking, taking certain things, throwing the others away. It's really valuable. And I think, you know, that's applicable um, in a lot of spaces in life. And I don't want to get, you know, too philosophical for an episode, you know, it's kind of the oh, first please one. Do. It's the first one back after, you know, me moving into college and whatnot. And I feel like I need to preface this uh, for for listeners sake. Um, did just move into college. That's why there's been kind of a, a lapse in uh, in episodes. We're back at it. We're going to be doing every other week, every other week. We're going to be back at it. The amount of people I'm meeting, it's just like, yes, let's let's get some stuff done. Uh, so but there's more information on that coming soon. Um, it may or may not also be coming a live show as well back to the uh, regular scheduled program. So yeah, like taking stuff, throwing it away. I think that's really valuable um, and, and learning from the best. So I like, I do like the principle of, you know, watching bad things or, you know, looking at bad examples and then recognizing that they're bad. But I think for me, I like surround myself or really just watch, or I continue to watch people who do it really well. Um, and I'm like, okay, that looks really cool. What do they do? Like, what are the, what are their like minutia tendencies? Because I find like taking some of like the small stuff that they do. <coughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. Taking some of the small things that they do. For those listening, he, there was a massive fly that flew right into Ashton's mouth. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, let's paint that picture. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's taking like the small things, you know, in the, and like, cause I remember even people I've trained under mentored under things like that. It's like, I've always, I always found myself looking at like what they did on the day-to-day basis instead of like always just looking at their final product. Cause like those day-to-day basis or those like small things that they do, or those like habitual or like habit building things that they do. Um, I find that those are what build a lot of that like fine technique, you know, whether it be in writing or whether it be, um, you know, in my mode of filmmaking, um, you know, it it builds a lot of those. um, I don't know, like, it's almost like I have the final product. I can always look at the final product. Like I can always look at a uh, Steven Spielberg movie and just like continue to look at it and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's cool. Um, but it's almost just like, well, what did they do behind the scenes? Like, what was their AC doing? What was, uh, you know, what, what were they doing in the writer's room? Like, what was kind of that some of the, I don't know. It's just, I'm kind of rambling here, but hopefully that's painting a good point. No, no, I, um, I, I, I think that's really good. I, there's two directors that really come to mind when I think about 
Um, and, and I think this, let, let me preface this. I think it goes back to preference and I think it can sometimes be um, style versus substance in mm. some instances. Find what you enjoy. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be a, like, for example, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. Really? Like, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. Hot Not everybody's going to be a Sam Raimi fan. Not everybody's going to be a Tarantino guy. Not everybody's going to be, you know, a Nolan guy. Um, and But I think as a filmmaker, you have to respect um, the time, the effort, the process, like you said, oh, yeah. um, that these guys put in. And for me, it's like, okay, what can I take from each of them? And, yeah. and I think that's just inspiration in general. I think it's taking what you like from things that maybe you don't like or that you really, really do like and, and kind of trying to absorb um, uh, that, that, that feeling. Um, I, I actually had the pleasure of uh, going to see um, E.T. re-released on IMAX. Very cool. The yeah, anniversary, I believe. That. I think Very it was, cool. what was it? The 20th anniversary, 40th anniversary. Uh, I don't think it's 40 yeah. years. That'd be a long time. But um, anyway, I, I went to go see it and I had the unique experience of not watching it with nostalgia because I had only seen it once when I was really little. Yeah. Like I didn't really watch it that much. I, I watched Indiana Jones a lot. I watched Star Wars a lot. Um, and so a lot of like Spielberg's films I watched when I was older, which I kind of like that because you know again sometimes you have those nostalgic nostalgia goggles and you know we yeah. can kind of get into that later but um watching the film i'm like steven spielberg does something with his films that no other filmmaker does he tells the story through the lens of a child yeah and he tells his story through the lens of a child and it's very rare that you'll see the director put himself in the movie and it not be pretentious yeah. and it not be like at Quentin like Tarantino preachy. <laughs> right. Right. So um, I, I just really enjoyed that. Like watching the movie, it, it had this feeling of childlike wonder and like, this is exactly what a child would do if he found an extraterrestrial like it just it had a feeling to it. And of course, John Williams score. And, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's again, there's so much that goes into a film that just makes it a film. Um, but I see that and I'm like, OK, how can I take that? And I actually it really inspired me with writing my new uh, book um, about telling the story through the perspective of a child, through the perspective of an adult and through the perspective of somebody that's kind of transferring from a child to an adult, kind of that in-between phase um, that really inspired me to, you know, realize that, you know, perspective isn't just character, but it can also be the age of that character or the uh, time in their life that the character is um, looking at, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's, it, it, you know, I think that's such a valuable and, and that kind of dives into this is a good segue. Um, you know, I think the idea of perspective is so valuable, right? Like, and, and that's kind of the purpose for what we do, right? That's the purpose for writing books. That's the purpose for writing, you know, even if it Absolutely. is, yeah. if it is, you know, fiction, uh, but like fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is, or, you know, if you're trying to, you know, like a, 
realistic fiction, whatever it is, whatever story you're telling via uh, film or books or photos or whatever. It's basically, you know, we're telling the audience a perspective to look at uh, or a, a lens to look through physically and metaphorically, right? Like we're telling an audience, we're showing an audience, we're saying, you know, people go through this and here's what that looks like exactly. Um, and, and, and that's how you can capture, you can capture emotion almost perfectly and authentically. And, and, you know, obviously some techniques are better than others and some people are more talented at it than others, but in a general sense, you know, filmmaking books, uh, you know, whatever art form, which I love, that's what I love about art so much is because it captures, um, if you allow it to, it captures authentic perspective. Um, and even in fiction stories, you know, like I, I've, you know, some of the, some of the stories that you're, you've talked to me about, um, you know, some of the fantasy stories that you've talked to me about, that's a perspective. Um, even if you you have an underlying theme or not, um, you know, it's just, or let's even go to the, the Hobbit. It's just like, it's like, what is life like um, in the Hobbit world? And that's just a perspective. And so is the goal entertainment? Yeah. The goal was entertainment with the, with the Hobbit films. Um, but it's still painted a perspective, even, um, even if it was fiction. Right. And, and if I may even add on to that, like specifically with, with the Hobbit, um, I, I think what's so interesting and what's so compelling about art in general, writing, uh, movies, poetry, music, whatever it be, is that you take your own perspective into it and you can look through your own life and uh, kind of see yourself in those worlds and in those stories. I, I think that's why the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Harry Potter, um, you know, I don't want to say trilogy because it's not, <laughs> but the Harry yeah, Potter yeah. world, it, like people can see themselves in it because they relate to the characters. They relate to um, the area. I think every child has had that place where they want to run off to, where they can kind of be away from everybody, where they can find an escape. And I think that's, um, and, and I think that's very interesting because not every story has to be that way. It, it, it can be like, um, I, I, I think the difference is, and I know this is like a very um, large spectrum, but I think on a spectrum of entertainment purpose, like Fast and Furious, okay? Yep. Fast and Furious is very much evolved into, because it wasn't initially, but it evolved into kind of this popcorn fun blockbuster movie, like, oh, cool. Um, you can kind of throw logic and stuff out the window. We're just here uh -huh. to have a good time. Exactly. And then you have a film like Schindler's List where it's like, this is depicting a real historical event through a fictional lens, but with real people and real historical accounts. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's showing these, these real themes that, um, that people can relate to and people can uh, sympathize, empathize. And, and I think that's very interesting is that it really is how the author presents it, but it can also be how the audience grasps it. And I think that's the same reason people can go see um, a movie and be like, this sucked. And then you're, the friend next to you is like, this was the greatest movie I've ever seen <laughs> because to them, they're seeing something that you are not picking up on. And it doesn't mean that you're smarter than him or, yeah. she's smarter than you or anything like that it just means that they're picking up on things that you're not and 
I, I love this example. So uh, I, I forget who said it, but they said art is simply anything that moves you, hmm. whether good or bad, it, it just moves you. And, and I think that's very interesting, but going back to the director thing, I'll make this last point and then I'll, <laughs> I'll shut up for a You're second. Um, but I believe it was Denzel Washington that said this and he was in an interview and they're asking him, why was it so significant that this movie, and I don't remember what movie it was, but why is it so significant that this movie was directed by a black actor yeah. and, um, or a black you know, director? And he said, it really has nothing to do with color. It has to do with culture. He said, mm-hmm. for example, if you look at Schindler's List, Steven Spielberg directed Schindler's List. Martin Scorsese directed Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese could have directed Schindler's List and it would have been a darn good movie. Steven Spielberg could have directed Goodfellas and I'm sure that would have been a good movie. But the cultural difference and their perspective on that thing, you know, that maybe not a lot of people have is what made it so compelling. Steven Spielberg is Jewish. Martin Scorsese is um, Italian, Irish. So it's, it's, it's seeing that perspective in yourself. And I I remember you saying this um, and it really inspired me with writing and, you know, it's a, it's a very common phrase that you hear in the writing world, but um, write what you know, Yeah. write what you know. And that's advice, but that's also just in the world. Every writer is going to write what they know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's technique, you know, like it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a simple practice. It's basically like, Oh, I want to be a writer start with writing what you know don't try and make up stuff you're going to get a bad story because you don't know what you're talking about um but going into i think what i really love is perspective paints uh, i'm sorry i'm going to say that i just started completely botching that um almost like summing all this up and like honey how you were talking about um you know the the two friends going to a movie and perceiving it two different ways um so on and so forth I, I really love that because it, it really drives home the point of situation paints perspective, right? And so, you know, and, and, and now, you know, kind of going into that, it's whatever your situation is, financial situation, uh, marital situation, uh, what, you know, whatever, you, you, where you live, that the situation you're in, the environment you're in paints your perspective. It paints how you look at the world, Um whether we like it or not, you know, and if you want to have a different perspective, if you're like, wow, I don't love how I see the world. Well, then you have to kind of change your situation Um, because it's that, you know, the age old saying of um, basically it's like, you can't expect or uh, the definition of insanity is um, doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting new results. Uh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like, it's insanity, you know, that's right. That's right. Um, and it's, and, and that's, it really is it. And it's, so it's, and it's almost just like, and, and so when people, I just started fully stumbling again, basically when people, the reason movies and, and people love movies and books and, and art and all of this kind of stuff. And I love how you said, you know, art is what is anything that moves you um, because that's true. And, and people desire to be moved whether it's on some deep emotional level or it's just an entertainment level, depending on your situation, entertainment might just be what you need. You might be going through the hardest situation in your life and you just need a little bit of comedic relief or a little bit of, you know, fast and furious. Like the other night I was just like 
so done with school. So I just turned on the Mission Impossible 4 movie. Uh, and just because I was man, like, yeah, this I love th- a good Tom Cruise movie. Me man. too. Me too. <laughs> um, and so I, I just I, I really love um, the power that, you know, a people in our position um, kind of hold in the sense of we get the opportunity to provide uh, situa- different situations and uh, the feeling of new perspective and the feeling of, of change and the feeling of, it's just like, we get to provide um, moving pieces of content. Right. But I think that also goes back to, if it doesn't move us, don't make it right. Like if it's not going to move me, I'm not going to make it just for the sake of making it right. Like, I don't think I'm going to make a, you know, fast and furious movie. Now I say that now, but if somebody walked up to me and handed me a paycheck of that size, then we might have a different conversation. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 you know, at, at least forefront, like, it's like, that's not what's prevalent right now. The stories in my life, like, you know, the things that like I've been through and I, you know, I've, I'm an extremely blessed human being. Um, but, you know, there's still perspective that I have. Um, and so if it doesn't move me, I don't want to make it at least not right now. Um, because it's not going to resonate with people as hard because it didn't resonate with me, right? Like if I'm not actually pouring my emotion or my excitement um, into a piece, uh, whether it be writing or uh, actually photographing or, or whatever, it's like it, people can tell the difference uh, between you putting your situation into it um, versus, you know, whatever. Right. And if I can add on to that, yeah. I, I just think... and. Well, I, I really want to encourage anybody listening. I, I think that people can get confused and people can get discouraged and say, well, I, like I want to write um, I want to write big things. I want I want to I want to write and, and be imaginative and uh, do all these crazy things, because perhaps maybe what they're going through, they need an escape from that yeah. or where they are. They need an escape from that. And we're not saying like, oh, only write about your situation or only write about what you're going through. We're just saying it's very easy to write what you're familiar with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a starting and, point. Right. And, and, and I think that's a problem with a lot of modern writers. Um, I don't think writers are necessarily bad, but I think, and, and I noticed this with one of the new Disney shows. I don't remember which one it was. And I don't want to call any writers out or any any people out, you know, they, they get paid a lot of money and it's a hard job. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, but the, they were in, they were in an interview and they basically said to, to some degree that they were unfamiliar with the initial source material for what they were writing. And so they had to consult a bunch of people. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. If you need to consult people, that's fine. It's something you should do. But in my heart, why wouldn't, first of all, why wouldn't you hire somebody that is familiar with it? But also, why would you want to be involved with a project that you don't already have a heart about? Like you'll, you'll never see me making. and, And again, like, Maybe maybe a paycheck would change my mind, <laughs> but you'll never see me making a movie um, about I'm trying to think of a topic that's not really interesting. The history of yarn or something, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're not going to see me make a movie about 
the first female physician because it isn't that it's not interesting to me it's that i don't i don't have that experience mm-hmm. you know as yeah. a female or have that experience with with uh uh doctors and stuff like that and i'm not saying you have to be a female to make a movie about females or be a male to make a movie about males i just i with my personal experience that doesn't appeal to me mm-hmm. so that's why and, and i think this actually perfectly segues into the current book that I'm writing. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of fantasy is medieval fantasy, uh, very much set in England and Europe and stuff like that. Well, the fantasy that I want to write is more Americana in a sense. And, you know, we had this discussion before, and I think it's because I'm very familiar with that. And there's a lot of rich history there that I feel like doesn't get explored a lot yeah um which i mean europe has had thousands of years of history and stuff like that and america is very young country um so i think that has a part to play but i would i I think there's a lot of rich places and a lot of interesting people that have stories to tell and they're afraid to tell it because they haven't seen other people say it or tell it or do it and i think um you know if it's bad it's bad Put your stuff out there. I guarantee yes. you the first the first stuff that I wrote was not good. I'm sure the first stuff that you wrote, Ashton, was oh, hot, good, hot garbage. Just put hot stuff garbage. out there, man. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't, it's 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 really it's like if you don't start, you'll never do it. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, and as as we as we land on the uh, the final the final five minutes here, because um, yes, man, the podcast really did, fly. did fly that fast. <laughs> um, and again, I I don't pay for. Uh, zoom so obviously we get our time cut off but yeah um briefly talk to me about um kind of you know what what are, what are some of the well first you know what are some projects you're working on you you did just mention the one but like is there anything else in the works is there you know anything you're particularly excited about so on and so forth oh oh boy okay so um like you I have, um, I'm experiencing the college experience, um, doing online school though, while also going to a leadership school at my church. Um, so with that, I actually, I have a lot of time to work on projects. I'm currently writing a book or book series. I'm not really sure yet. It's, um, Appalachian fantasy in a way, um, a lot more modern, I guess, um, things in it. Uh, cause again, like I said before, most fantasy is very medieval, very Europe. Uh, mine is more Americana. Uh, you know, there's, there's cars, there's firearms, there's stuff like that. Um, but a little bit of magic, a little bit of cool stuff like that. So that's a story that I've been, uh, working on. Um, I've been working on a screenplay, that um, I'm really interested in. Been scouting a couple filming locations in the area. Uh, just Do I keep, know just about this screenplay? Um, I've briefly mentioned it, um, a, but I, I, I don't. Well, give me the logline. What's the logline? <laughs> so, you know what? We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that. Uh, well, you'll save uh, it for I'll, for part 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 two of the podcast. <laughs> I'll save it for a part two. I'll right. I'll use that as a uh, 
as a uh, ticket uh, to yes. uh, come back on your lovely podcast. Yes, we'll, we'll definitely, <laughs> and we'll also definitely have to do a uh, podcast recording at your first book signing, of course. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, think, I think I can speak for everyone listening. I can speak for, uh, yeah, me uh, is we're, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, you know, some of the ideas, uh, you know, this 40 minutes does not uh, encapsulate um, the knowledge and the uh, the information that is inside this man's head. Uh, <laughs> very smart guy. Um, very creative guy. Um, you know, and obviously our, our friendship, our relationship goes pretty far back. Um, and so I've had 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 the ability, the privilege of, you know, sitting and, and talking for numerous, numerous amounts of minutes um, about <laughs> creativity and just about, like you know, he's you were one of the first people I was like, yo, be on my podcast because you interned during the start of my podcast. That's right. That's yeah, right. I, I was wanted in Columbus you, around that time. Yeah, I wanted you on so early. Um and, and and it's now over a year later, and we're we're finally doing um, a con- a condensed version. But yes, uh, <laughs> that that does segue segue me into. We need to do a part two. We need to uh, we need to do this again, Sam. Hundred percent. Let's do it, man. Any I, any, I appreciate you having me on. Hundred percent. Any last statements? Um, again, just encourage anybody creative out there. Listen, if you're a writer, that doesn't mean you're subject to writing. If you're a movie maker, it doesn't mean you're just subject to that. Find more creative outlets. I love doing sculptures. Sometimes I like to paint. Sometimes I like to write. Find new stuff to do. It kind of helps with uh, creative block or writer's block. Just find new stuff to do um, and just take some time to rest. You don't always have to produce stuff. Sometimes you can look at stuff that other people have produced and gain inspiration from that. So, yeah, no, I love that. Um, yeah. Again, pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, all oh, the pleasure is mine, my friend. And I, you know, I, I gotta, gotta go back and, uh, remind people that we're going back to a regular schedule. We're getting back on it. Um, you know, I'm excited about this podcast. I hope other people are excited about this podcast. The scalability I'm shaking of it. in my boots. In excitement, you're quaking. Oh, absolutely. Good, good. I love it <laughs> uh, because it's it's exciting. There's big stuff coming. Um, you know, again, thanks, Sam. And remember, tune in next time. Yeah, if you would like to see me drink water out of the Ohio River. <laughs>